0: he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up then the fever left her and she began to serve them that evening at sunset they brought to him all those who were sick and or possessed with demons the whole city was gathered around the door and he cured many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons and he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him in the morning while it was still very dark He got up and went out to a deserted place, and there he prayed. And Simon and his companions hunted for him. When they found him, they said to him, Everyone is searching for you. He answered them, Let us go on to the neighboring towns, so that I may proclaim the message there also, for that is what I came out to do. And he went throughout Galilee, proclaiming the message in their synagogues and casting out demons." The Holy Gospel of our Lord. Praise Praise to you, you, O Christ. Christ.
1: Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, let your word pour forth today. That we mount up our strength like an eagle. Uh, Come into our lives with your promise this day. So give us your Holy Spirit in this time. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Stop beating around the bush. Let's get to the heart of the matter or the crux. Of the matter. Did you know that crux is Latin for cross? I'm all for getting to the heart of things. I like to talk about the core gospel. We can get very focused on the periphery, and those are important things, but the core gospel, what is it? Well, it's interesting that Jesus talks about the core gospel today. It's an interesting word in the Greek. It is kerygma. I'll put it up here for you. It means message. It means proclaim. It means preaching. Yeah, we can see this in the Gospel of Mark. We're only in the first chapter and now we get all kinds of words. This is the word good news, evangelion, the, the beginning of the good news. So Jesus, the story of Jesus and what, and its significance is the good news. And it's the beginning of the good news because it's the beginning of the Gospel of Mark. And look what happens. We start seeing the good news being preached, and so Jesus came to Galilee. This is before our last week's, this was last week's text, kerygma, a choricio, um, the word for proclaiming, the verb form, proclaiming the gospel, good news, so we get this word kerygma for proclamation, and then good news, the, the summary word for the gospel, for what Jesus did for us. The time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God has come near, repent and believe. <laughs> the good news. So we got all kinds of preaching and news sharing stuff going on. In our text today, we get the word, and I forgot to underline it the second time. We get the word proclaiming the message in the English, which is actually charygmaing, <laughs> preaching the message the message, and then He went through all of Galilee proclaiming, again, kerygma, the message. So, you, so it just, even though in English it's there, it just leaps out at you, this word kerygma. So, really, when we just hear all of this to say that Kerygma is the gospel, it's the preaching of the gospel, it's the content of the gospel, and it's the sharing of the gospel, it's what we're doing right now. And the gospel equals the kerygma, the kerygma equals the gospel, and you'll understand why I'm saying this in just a minute. Because when Jesus starts his ministry and he, his authority is so just self-evident, but it's also evident because he's casting out evil spirits and people are being healed. But notice it's the preaching, and then these things are happening, and Jonathan did a beautiful job last week talking about how Jesus' word casts out those demonic powers. Um, it casts out those um, things that are Dragging us down back into our own sin and beating us up ever and and keeping us captive. How Jesus' word frees us from that. And so, where's the heart of the matter? Is the heart of the matter Jesus is preaching or all the cool stuff he's doing? And this is where and I love the translation in the New Revised Standard Version. This is where it's just amazing. I don't, it probably didn't jump out at you, but as Jerry read that, it jumped out at me. The disciples came, what? Did you remember? Do you see? Hunting. Hunting? Why are they hunting Jesus? Well, when you hunt for somebody or something, you want something. And the gospel of Mark, Mark tells us that they're hunting for Jesus. Why? Well, Peter makes it very clear. Once they find him, Jesus, what are you doing out here in this wilderness Come on back. Everybody's looking for you. You're the greatest show in town. We could sell some tickets. People would pay big money for this. You're going viral. Come on back, Jesus, and do some more of this cool stuff that you're doing. And then Jesus hits him with it. I, I, we have this saying in our family No, let me stop you right there. Jesus says to Peter, No, let me stop you right there. We must go on so that I can what? Kerygma, preach. You see, the gospel is a message. It's words. That's why he came out. That's why he came. Did you know that's why you came today? Do you know that's why you need to get together with other messed up, broken, sainted, sinner Christians and rub shoulders with them and uh, be in community with them? Do you know that that's why you do that is so that you can together have the Word of God preach the charisma to come into your ears? Because guess what? It isn't a one-time deal. Why is it not a one-time deal? (laughs) well, it's our human nature, isn't it? Um, I think let's sum up the kerygma. You're probably wondering, well, what is it then? What is this message? Well, this is a good way to think about it. The kerygma is preaching of the gospel, and the gospel is simply the event of Jesus told with its significance. All those who have been in my foundations class know this. They have memorized this definition. Let's say it together. The event of Jesus told with its significance. Yes, and I forgot the Christ, the anointed. The event of Christ Jesus told with its significance. Why? Because yes, the good news is that God took on flesh. We had Christmas. And then. He lived the life of a servant and he went to the cross and he was raised from the dead, that's the event. And then, so what? You gotta tell people what the significance of that is. And that's a message that you get to hear every Sunday and every day um, as you open up the word and as you pray, you get the significance, you get the goods of what that's all about. But here's the problem. The problem is that we have an adversary who is doing everything possible to not let you hear that. And so there are lots of people that are trying to discount the event itself. Jesus never existed. He certainly wasn't crucified. How do we know he was there? Even though there's lots of evidence, extra biblical evidence that Jesus existed and pretty much every historian worth their weight, whether they're a Christian or not, knows Jesus existed, knows he was crucified, and yes, knows this, even if they don't believe he was raised from the dead, they know that very early on, the disciples were saying he was raised from the dead, and that the Romans would have done everything they could to stop that word from going out, as would the Jewish authorities, and they couldn't. Pretty much everyone knows this, but there's all kinds of stuff trying to let you know this is all a fantasy. You can't be confident that this happened in history, and I get to tell you that they're wrong. But then our enemy is also trying to blur um, and keep the significance from coming into your ears. How does our enemy do this? Well, one way is to muddy the waters and make the significance of what Jesus did so complex, so uh, multifaceted um, that... It's like you can't actually get a hold of anything. The, it's like maybe the better analogy for our world is not muddying the waters, but make it so noisy you can't tell what you're hearing. How many of you like to go to those restaurants where you can't hear the person across the table? I know some of you do. <laughs> I know, but I, it's not enjoyable for me. And my hearing's okay. My poor brother's losing his hearing and he's got a hearing aid. And man, he he has to turn that up and he hears everything. I think our adversary is trying to pollute the airwaves so much with so so much noise, so much stuff that it it just doesn't sink in. So maybe there is a reason Jesus went out into the wilderness. Maybe there is a good reason we have Lent coming up. To help you be more intentional about quieting all the noise so that you can hear the real noise, the charisma, the gospel. Jesus died. He's raised. And what has He done for you? Well, He's forgiven your sins. He's defeated death for you. He's made you just. He's bought you back from slavery to sin and freed you to live the life of a servant. I mean, this is what we need to hear and this is what we need to celebrate and sing about. That's why Sunday morning is so important. I wish people knew how important it was more than you guys, I know.
0: Yeah.
1: See, cuz the devil doesn't want people to know how important it is. The devil wants people to think you're fine. Just stay at home you're fine. You don't, need to, you don't need to hear the good news. I mean, I love it. You know, it's, it's interesting. Oh, I got to watch the clock. Um, I, you know, when, when you take external and internal motivation, let's do it this way. When someone is motivated by external stuff and you take away the external motivation, then they just stop doing something. Because they don't have internal motivation to do it. Let me explain. So if you have to come to church because you're going to be in purgatory, if you don't, or a long time in purgatory, we, we don't believe in it. purgatory as Lutherans, but anyway, nonetheless, it really works, you know, it get, motivates people. And so if you've got to do, be here to go to heaven or to be accepted, and you do this stuff, well... And then you come to discover, actually, I don't have to be here for that reason. God's given me that gift and as I trust him and have faith in him. Um, Then a lot of times people go, well, I guess I don't need to be there. Because they were motivated by external stuff. But I want you to be motivated by internal, that you want to be here and you want to hear the praises and sing, and you know you need to have the word wash over you all the time. And there's something, I don't know what it is. I think it's the Holy Spirit, actually. I think that there's something different when you're all together hearing it. Amen. Something happens. I don't know what it is. It's like a Bible study. I can read my Bible by myself, but I get a bunch of people together. and wow, What? Wow. It's so cool. So, don't let the devil muddy the waters or put so much noise in your life and, or convince you that you don't need to hear it, that it's just mere words. It's not that powerful anyway. in truth, in truth. um, Maybe, I mean, I always love to play around with different analogies to what the significance of the gospel is. I've just told you today, but have you ever been on the phone trying to correct something like buying an airline ticket, but you got the wrong ticket, and then you have to press five million buttons, and then... Then you get to one person, they say, well, you made that reservation through this, so you got to call them. So you got to cancel that half hour. And then you got to go on and you keep pressing buttons and you just, how can I ever get this ticket erased? I want my money back. <laughs> and finally, finally, you talk to a human being. <laughs> and they say, yes, Mr. Crabtree, we can cancel that. And let me get your other check thing set up for you. guess what? Something much greater has happened for you. All your sins. You've talked to the one who has the power and the authority to cast out those sins, to erase them off the map. Isn't that great news? Let's go forth and share it. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Amen.